Hi guys, this is my first podcast and I would just like to give a quick introduction to who I am and why I decided to make this podcast series. So I'm Fatima, I'm from Pakistan originally, currently I'm living, studying and working in Germany. I'm in Berlin and I work remotely um, on a student uh, position. I'm working in iOS and Swift, of course, and um, I recently only started to learn about reactive programming, asynchronous programming, and then I had to go through the book, Rx Swift book. The book itself is quite helpful. It's very nice. It's the it's an amazing learning resource, but I was. Uh, you know, at many points while I was reading the book, I wanted to go through some kind of video, some kind of tutorial, some kind of podcasts, anything that would actually verbally explain to me what was going on in the book, you know, something that I could just listen to while I was traveling, while I was going to my, going to, going on for my, you know, my morning walk, anything, you know, that I could just listen because I'm so used to listening to podcasts these days. But I really didn't find any of, that kind of resource so i thought why not i just do it i've i have to say i've uh, recently started going through this um whole concept of asynchronous programming but i'm finding it quite fascinating and uh, in this introduction and in this you know podcast series i'm just going to try my best to explain the book i think i'm going to do it chapter wise instead of section wise because uh, there's only six sections, but there's like um, a lot of chapters in those sections. I mean, if you have to be precise, there are a total of 25 chapters in the book. And I really don't want to rush it. I really don't want to, you know, just give another quick overview. I don't want to skim it because those kind of videos, those kind of podcasts I could find online, but I don't want that. I wanted an in-depth review of the book. I Not a review, actually, more like a discussion. Like, I want to discuss what I understood from it. I want to tell you guys what I understood from it. If you have, uh, you know, another point of view, if you think I got something wrong, please let me know. You can write to me on my email, and I will correct myself because I think we're all just learning, and we should really encourage each other for this process. Anyways, I will start with the chapter one of the book, which is Hello, Rx Swift. I would skip the introduction because in the introduction, there's, um, you know, like the before you begin, which is basically the chapter zero there in the book. They're just um, telling what do you need? You need Xcode. What version do you need? you need to uh, whether you need to download the book or you're gonna you know read through it on the web it's really up to you it really doesn't matter um i think on the web reading is that you could just always you know um start from wherever you left it and if you download it it might be that your progress gets lost i'm not really sure because i never downloaded it and i always just read it through the web so that is totally up to you it's your choice i wouldn't say that any of it has any pros or cons that's personal choice and i would really like to just start and get on with uh, the section one and chapter one which is hello rx swift 
if you guys want me to go even in more detail even in more depth please let me know if you guys think i'm going too much in details and you want me to keep it you know a bit quicker a bit skimmer review or a discussion please let me know that as well um, any kind of feedback is extremely welcome so i would now start first of all hello rx swift so firstly we've got an introduction to asynchronous programming many of you might not know what asynchronous programming is i didn't know it until i joined this office in germany and i have like 2.8 months of experience previously in ios but i never had to code asynchronously all the work i did was smaller tasks or even if there were like big modules i never had to think about asynchronous programming or reactive programming that was not a norm in my previous workspace so i never worried about it i never had to look into it but now that i'm here and i'm going through it i think i find it really interesting and we should all know at least know what it is even if we are not going to work in it even if we're not working in it presently so I'm just going to give you guys a quick overview to the asynchronous programming. In the book, you can find that in, you know, even in the book, they're saying that asynchronous programming, when compares to the synchronous programming to the normal full program that we know, it is a bit more complicated and you may not get everything at once. So please do not rush it. Do not rush your learning process. Take things in step by step. And things will make sense. Things will come to you naturally then. But we don't have to rush it. So firstly, we've got an example of a very basic iOS app where if you tap on a button, it might animate the keyboard as a text field or it might download a very large photo from the internet. It might also be saving bits of data to disk, or it might be playing in audio. All of these things may seemingly be happening at the same time, but in actual writing code that actually runs in parallel is quite complex, especially when you need to work with different bits of data. It's hard to know that which code is updating which bit first. It's hard to know um, if something is deleted, whether you're using in another method, or, you know, it's really hard to keep track of the state of your code. And as we'll find out later what state is, I will dive into that in more detail. But for now, let's just stick to this, what the book is going to uh, trying to tell us. Moving on further from the book, we are now in the section of CocoKit and UIKit asynchronous APIs. What they're telling us in the book at this point in the chapter is that inadvertently we all have used asynchronous programming without ever realizing it because there's such a fundamental core to writing mobile apps and specifically iOS apps. So the first example is the notification center and I feel very confident in saying that I feel almost all of us have used that at some point in our apps, in our projects. 
and then there's the delegate patron, there's the grand central dispatch, couriers, and of course, lastly, combine, which is Apple's own framework for writing reactive asynchronous code, which we might not have used. I haven't used it still, but that is also an option for writing asynchronous code in Swift. So um, this just shows that Swift is really into it. You know, Swift is really trying their best to make APIs better to, you know, they've just introduced this whole framework combined to help developers write better and easier asynchronous code. So we're just going to learn um, more and more of this later in the coming chapters. For now, they also then give us an example of synchronous code and asynchronous code. And this is a very basic example to just demonstrate the uh, difference. For example, we've all done this in our programming fundamental courses or in the beginning days of our programming that we would take an array and then we would do a for loop on it and print all of its elements. What happens in synchronous code is that the collection is immutable while we're iterating over it. And when we do, you know, write a for loop in it, we know that all of the elements are going to get printed. There's nothing unpredictable. There's nothing complicated about it. It's not like we'll put a for loop on the array and then some of the elements would not be printed, right? That's the beauty. That's the simplicity of synchronous and normal, uncomplicated code. But in asynchronous code, for example, if we have an array and we're doing the same thing, we're trying to achieve the same result, we can't really predict. We can't really be sure that all of the elements would be printed. Because what if the same array is being mutated in some other method? Maybe some other method is deleting the last element. Maybe another method is appending another element at the last. So all of the things happens in um, asynchronous code. And it's really hard to tell what is going to be if we don't imply, if we don't um, employ the right kind of frameworks, the right kind of libraries that are needed to write asynchronous good asynchronous code furthermore we you know move to the basic to the most um tightly bound to asynchronous and reactive programming terms that even if you are not writing swift code even if you're not doing ios development you're doing android development or you're doing development in java you're doing web development if you're going to use asynchronous code if you're going to do reactive or functional programming, you are going to come across these terms. First and foremost is the state and more specifically, the shared mutable state. So this is kind of a difficult thing to explain, but there is a very nice um, elaborative example that demonstrates what state is. For example, when you buy your laptop and it's working really fine, it's really fast, it's doing all that you want it to do. But then over the period of months or maybe years, your laptop starts getting stuck, it slows down. Even though the software and the hardware is the same, what now has changed is the state of your laptop, right? The hardware is the same as you bought it. The software is the same as you bought it, but it still slows down. It still gets stuck. It still would shut off at any moment if there's too much workload. 
Why is that happening? That is because the state of your laptop has changed. And this is how we should think of state in our apps as well, the data in memory, the ones stored in disk. These are the things that we need to keep in mind when we're dealing with asynchronous code. There's also then the second term, which is imperative programming. I'm sure all of you already know what imperative programming is. Basically what happens in imperative programming or imperative style programming is that we tell the computer how to get what we want, how to get things done, how to do this. But there's also drawback, drawbacks to that style of programming. What if it is not called in the right order because we're telling it how to do it. We're not allowing it much freedom and our app might behave differently due to a swapped call or maybe somebody accidentally change the order of the instructions and then we're going to have a totally different behavior for our app. The third term is side effects. This is very important in asynchronous programming regardless of you know if you're using RxF, if you're using combine, whatever you're using. Side effects is a very important part of asynchronous programming. I think the best example would be for example if you're logging out of, um, of an app whatever app it is, maybe it's Facebook, maybe Instagram, whatever it is, and you know, the user is logging out. Of course, our main goal here is to log them out, is to end the session of the user. But what is going to be the side effect? The side effect is going to be that we're going to show them an activity indicator. We're going to show them that we're doing it so that they, you know, tap the logout button a hundred times or 500 times that is the side effect of you know it is the main goal is to look out the user but the side effect is to show them the activity indicator i really hope that is clear if that is not please let me know and i will try to explain it even better you can of course always look up things that you still don't understand because there's some really good um resources available online but that is what side effects are. And it's very, very important that we are able to control the side effects in our apps because otherwise there can be, you know, it could be really unpredictable behavior and we'd be worried why is it happening? And this would just be a side effect of a method that we've written. And we obviously do not want that. We want that the side effects are controlled, you know, that we can keep track of it. We know what, is coming from where at what point. The fourth term is declarative code. So in this section, they're just telling us that in order to be able to write good asynchronous code, we need to find the balance between writing declarative code and imperative code. Um, I hope you all know what declarative programming is. It is when you say what you wanna get rather than saying how you want to get it in imperative, it is what you want to get. So the key to writing good asynchronous code is finding the balance, the right balance in writing declarative and imperative code. The last point is reactive systems. In this, they're just telling us about this abstract term, which is the reactive systems and their qualities, basically the French mentioned four qualities of reactive systems and I would just list them down so that we can you know go through all of the uh, 
section one of chapter one, um, which is basically 1.1 introduction to asynchronous programming in uh, getting started with RxWift section. So the first property or characteristic of a reactive system would be responsive, that it is always um, up to date with the UI. It is always uh, representing the latest state of the app. Then it is resilient that each behavior is defined in isolation and provides for flexible error recovery resilient. Then it has to be elastic. For example, it can handle, you know, varied workload. It can handle, handle, um, it, uh, you know, it has features like event throttling, resource sharing, etc., and message driven that the components use message based communication um and decoupling of the life cycle and implementation of classes this was basically the intro to asynchronous programming this is just 1.1 of chapter one it is going to take more time in you know the starting chapters because we're just getting to know what asynchronous programming is why do we need to use it we're just going to know the basics we're just going to learn the terms used in it these are basically the terms that would help you in any conversation in any discussion that is going around functional programming reactive programming asynchronous programming this is not just relevant to rxwift or just ios development this is used in android development web-based development because this is like very, uh, you know, general and popular terms that are used worldwide. Um, so this knowledge is going to take a little bit more time than the, you know, the upcoming chapters because we need to get our basics, basics strong. We need to know what we're talking about because maybe if later in the chapters I'm talking about state and you're like, wait, what state? So I really didn't want to miss this. I really didn't want to skim through it or skip through these parts because I feel like if our basics are strong, then we can grasp the, grasp the more complicated and the more advanced topics as well. If uh, you guys think that I should have gone even in more detail, please let me know. And I will see you probably next week with the second section of chapter one. Thank you so much for listening to this. Bye-bye and have a nice day.